This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it! What an evening for the country, the world. It's watching. Um, we've got Ninja Warrior. We have all the sports back, and MMA is just laughing like the person on the side of the mountain. It's like we've always been here, and just shortly down that side of the mountain is grappling, being like us too. And everybody, what's grappling? It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting easier from outside the cage. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course. The only human being on the planet that has watched all of this nonsense. Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing, sir? I'm all right. I'm living through it. Hey, let's get to something right up top. Kev, you or me, who gets canceled first? Because it turns out in all my years of not liking Brandon Schaub, it may be the fact that I really didn't enjoy the fighter nor the kid now. You've actually you've been on long on the record not to bring people inside the business, but you and I are always looking for people who are on our corner. And no offense to the fight world, there's no one ever that's brought in a stand-up comedian that you and I felt semi-threatened by. But this is a good subject. Brian Callen's in the news, the fighter and the kid. We just we're going to talk about it because we have been talking about it between the two of us. Because anytime anything happens in Hollywood, Raph. You can attest I always message you first as the only person I know in Hollywood. So I, I guess I don't sure. know who I'd message in second. Maybe my my aunt does Universal Studios tours. She might know. Maybe not UFC-wise. So that was my first instinct. I was like, Rafa, ooh. You and I, obviously, he was he was good. Brian Callum is good in, in Hangover 1. That's kind of his claim sure. to fame. When they said Goldberg's actor, I was like, he's in – What's Goldberg's? I was like, is that the Mighty Ducks thing? I was like, nope, it's a show. <laughs> I immediately connected with you. Obviously, the fighter and the kid. You and I are going to talk about these subjects because we have to. He's been accused by multiple people. And I will say after reading the accusations, which is something I always try to do in these scenarios because it's you just want to understand what people are saying. These felt very legitimate. They felt very tangible. They did not feel... Brian Callen, um, for those for those that aren't aware, has been accused by multiple people now of varying degrees of sexual assault. The statements seem very credible to me. I'll kind of toss it over to you for our Hollywood minute. But I noticed he's already taken a break from the fighter and the kid. The only people that have really come to his defense are, this isn't great, by the way. It's like Christiala and Brendan Schaub. I haven't seen anyone else being like, he could never do this. Outside of those three, him and those two. So, I don't know, Raph. It's one of those moments where it does feel like there's some smoke to this fire. Yeah, I don't know, man. Here's what we should probably cover, which I'm sure some of you guys are closing your ears. And nyan, 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 nyan. I, I understand. I liked Brian Callen. I thought he was very funny. That's why this is very unfortunate. And discussions like this are important because at a certain point, you do realize – that not all these people that we enjoy and see in some capacity are always going to be people that we we know a lot about. So I didn't love some of his statements that he gave to the L.A. Times, and he has professed his innocence in it. And it's a trial in the court of public opinion. So you may already have an opinion on all of this. But to us here, I just couldn't help but look at it and say – it's disappointing in the response. If it is not true, it would also be disappointing that that he would be put under this sort of fire. I had only been listening to that show because of him. And who knew that Brendan Schaub was going to be the white knight on that one? So that's why it's a little awkward for us here. I, I mean, the hard part is we've always liked joking about them. Because we said, man, that's a very successful show. And it has crossed over into the realm of MMA and jiu-jitsu. So when people talk about this, this very 
oh man, there's a big reckoning coming for Joe Rogan and his guys. I just kind of want to say, or don't do bad shit. (laughs) That might be a, a thing to consider here. So I don't know that it's so much that someone is going out there. It could be, who knows? But the easier answer is, Maybe you need to individually look at each of these cases and determine for yourself. And obviously he's going to take a break. We're not in charge of Hollywood, so it's you're, not like you're they saying that obviously here. he's going to take a break like that was the obvious answer. And it wasn't. He was very clear. I won't be taking a break. I'll be back on my podcast and I'll be making an announcement. And then within 24 hours, that position changed. Well, that's what happens when. It's overwhelming. And and keep in mind, it's relative to how big their podcast had become. So, yeah, it's going to be weird and it's going to be very different for a lot of people to reconcile those things. But I would urge you guys to, at the very least, read, inform yourself. Don't turn a blind eye to these things and, and be honest with how you assess these people. Because, again... Kevin was wondering, oh, was he on the Goldbergs? I watched him on the Goldbergs. I hoped he would get a spinoff. And then he did. And they made him the centerpiece of a show called Schooled. And he's a phenomenally funny uh, and gifted performer. So that just kind of sucks. So anyway, back to my original question here, Kev. That we can rectify multiple things being true about a single person, that they're both funny and potentially horrible? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good bow on it, but... Which one of us is getting canceled? Because I think it's me. I don't know if it's you, but it just made me realize we need to prepare our audience in the event someone brings up the fact that, I don't know, man, if somebody goes to get the tape of you saying that you like candy corn, I fear for the future of this show. Look, I still think it's Halloween's most delectable treat. But personally, I think you're much more popular. So if it's like, oh, we want to cancel Kevin, it's like, well, no one gave him the green light. You've gotten the green light before, so there is something technically to cancel. Me, it's mostly like, well, it's the only thing that I've done intuitively on my own. For example, the Jay Leno show has never, never taken my jokes and put them on air. But I would tell you that sometimes favorite discs, and this is how you know we have hardcore fans who go from listening to our show to becoming fighters that are now getting coverage is when they say, I like Kevin better, actually. I always have. And I go, mm-hmm. Well, Kevin's not here interviewing you, is he? <laughs> well, he's less organized, everybody. So, uh, <laughs> what you're hearing is Raph and I trying to understand, articulate, and follow something that's important. And one thing that you and I both think is important is to listen to people. And if, if there's anything that the last few years have taught us, it's that even if the voice is uncomfortable, you can't dismiss it. You listen, digest, understand, process. We are processing because we know those we know that crew. We're, we've interviewed Brendan Shaw, we've interviewed Brian Callum. We're not. We know those people. This is not, I wish we could play a little bit more coy than maybe we are as though we're not a part of that community. And we are because Raph, they know Raph. They know who he is. They absolutely know his writing resume. And frankly, they've heard some of the shit we've said about them over the past few years, which has been inflammatory. But that was before we do about this. We were just being ourselves. We don't like their commentary. We'll tell you. We think it's garbage. I think it's garbage. I think some of the stuff they do for fighting is absolute garbage. Brian Callen has been maximizing on the Joe Rogan shit for a while. He's welcome to say whatever he wants, but he's not a fighter. This isn't his world. He found a, a community that liked him and embraced him and said, oh, that's the easiest way to success. And I applaud him for it. That's, that's not a knock. It's the facts. He's never earned this relationship or studied this relationship or came to MMA and grappling and said, here's what I want to give to you. That's where you and I have always had beef with that podcast. We felt like that podcast was like, oh, we're famous. Fuck everyone. That's fine, but it's not passion. It's different. And if you listen to it, hopefully that's what you hear. Because fuck Brendan Schaub. And I mean that sincerely. I will, have, I will shout that from the mountaintops. 
everything I've heard and seen from that guy, I've been less and less impressed by. And I'm not alone. What we need to do is talk about these, have the conversation. You and I obviously are already having the conversation of what have we done that might have upset people the way these guys have upset people. We have not experienced this level of upsetness yet, especially from Brian Callen. And I read the stories. I just struggle because these stories are not vague. They are not after money. These stories are specific and they feel heartfelt. So that's that's my encouragement is whenever we're doing these, it's it's important. And we're doing and when I say doing these, it's a, it, we can acknowledge it. We're having a lot of conversations about toxic ma- masculinity and the history of what we've been doing to each other. It's good. It's a good thing to have. I'm out on fighter and the kid ref. That's my position. I'm not, I'm not, I'm no longer subscribing and it's important to note. I haven't been since like uh, ever, but I, I want it on the record. I want to tell you there were moments when I would drive and I would listen to a couple and I was struggling. Cause at the time I, I was like, man, Brian Callen, I like him. I think he, he's funny or at least he's the draw for me to, to listen to it. And, uh, then at a certain point, I think I listened to maybe three in a row and I remember texting you or messaging you and saying, I'm done. I did it. That's as much as I'm going to do on that show, because I think it's important to know when, you know, hey, I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. But I would tell you this. It is important to note that Kevin and I can only tell you exactly how we feel about it and encourage you to go do what you need to do. So if you have welcome to the party, this is us all just having a weird sort of pow pow about it and trying to to navigate through it Raph so got the messages from me i was like have you heard about this oh my good god no, and this fuck face you- like these stories are tragic <laughs> and you were like i haven't heard about that one it's like well then well i woke up to you sending it to me and then after that having to then get a note about somebody at nbc universal that i know and exploring the workplace and somebody sent that to me a little bit later and goes, oh, by the way, if you haven't read this, there's a, a bit of an analysis on how they run the company. And I go, oh, God, back to back. <sighs> because you're, again, just trying to do your due diligence of reading it and just saying, like, I can't even talk about it if I don't know it. So let me read it. And I read it and I go, yeah, that's probably true. That's true. I know that for sure. And that's just from NBC. So it was it was a long morning. Anyway, Kev, let's transition into the weekend that was so over the weekend there were some fights did you see any of them oh here we go see raf won't just put the fighter and the kid on front street no i didn't raf i was i didn't have a really good excuse um we're deep in the covid bullshit here in the Phillips household fiance's <laughs> niece her and i were like fuck everybody we're going to bed for 72 hours. What happened this weekend? I, I definitely, let me pull up some UFC fights because I am prepared for this Saturday's fights. That's for damn sure. Okay, that's, that's not the question. Okay. It was me, not the question you asked. I think everyone noticed. They were like, so that's a no, Kevin? You didn't you didn't listen to any or watch any? It's like, correct. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's do something peaceful real quick. Hey, guys, if you made it this far in the podcast, it's a good time to remind you. If you got fat, go buy some new gear. Where can you buy some no gear? No <laughs> gear, no BJJ gear. Gear. <laughs> I would go to pages and make sure you look at that uh, chart on what sizes they suggest. Because normally I'm an XL, but I bought the XXL for what I'm looking for. Because it's like, did some measurements. I was honest with myself. No BJJgear.com, verbal tap 15. You're going to come for the cool designs and exquisite feel. You're going to stay for the quality and the longevity of your unbelievably cool training gear. No BJJgear.com. No BJJgear.com. Enter in verbal tap 15. Returning back to this Saturday. Here's why, Kev. So this was supposed to have more fights. However, there were some, you know, health issues. Some, I believe, were COVID-related issues. So overall, this got chopped away bit by bit. Now, I bet you're asking, wow, Raph, was there anybody that you've ever seen who's fainted 
in route to the cage. I would tell you, mm, not on my tenure here on the show. Was but it, guess what? I, I was gonna say it, it was. Um, oh my god, he was the uh, the guy that beat. It was the one thirty five. Henan Barrow. He was the last one I remember mm. that passed out and hit his head. I don't that remember was a good someone one. just passing out. Well, there was apparently supposed to be a fight that was going to happen until one of the participants was about to make their walk to the cage. And then they just kind of fell ill. So, yeah, that was that was a rough one because this was we're talking day of you had um, Trevin Giles and Ed Herman. Uh, who basically were supposed to have opponents. Um, but you had Jun Young Park and Da Eun Jung, who were removed from bouts on July 23rd due to travel restrictions, which we understand. So that happened way in the very beginning. Then Giles was going to face Kevin Holland, and then Herman was going to face uh, Gerald Merchart. On the day of the event, Merchart was pulled due to testing positive from COVID, and his bout against Ed Herman was canceled. During the event, Trevin Giles fainted just moments before his walkout, and therefore his bout against Kevin Holland was also canceled. So we're talking they were vamping, a.k.a. industry term for stalling. And I was looking around thinking, why are we taking so long to get there? And then they announced on air, oh, by the way, yeah, this isn't happening. And they showed footage of a whole bunch of people in Reebok windbreakers standing around two or three guys sitting in chairs who looked a little distraught. And I said, I've never seen that at the UFC, that somebody would be unable to make the walk in that form where they would cancel it right as it was supposed to go up. Now, this begs a few questions. Number one, we've been talking about health risks and we've talked about the UFC making huge improvements. But one thing that we've been pretty consistent on is let them fight some catch weights, dude, because I don't know. I don't have enough intel to know if this was just regular health related or if in the process of trying to lose weight for a fight during a pandemic, if people's systems are disagreeing with them. And if you think that that is the icing on the cake, I have news for you. No, it is not. I have another cake to put on top of this cake, Kevin. Are you ready for this one? I'm trying to get the sides leveled so we don't topple over mm-hmm. the cake and it heads off into the floor. I had that problem with the pit bull recently. So, yeah, I'm listening. I'm actually taking some pretty careful measurements to make sure we don't have a cake on the floor situation. Yeah. Well... It would appear that over the weekend, there was a little bit of a problem for somebody who was trying to cut weight. So this goes to Eric Spicely. So Eric Spicely was reported as to having his fight being canceled because he couldn't make the weight cut. He was too heavy over. Been so there. Eric, <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> fatty got to eat. That's my <laughs> mantra of life. You know, I, sometimes I a donut will really make you feel better about the current <laughs> political climate. Just uh, heads up. So he says, for the uh, the sake of transparency, this was my first weight cut since starting antidepressants due to the head trauma I sustained in the Darren Wynn fight. Needless to say, it went horribly wrong and my fight is off. I will figure this problem out and will hopefully be able to compete again soon. That was over the weekend. Then, just yesterday, Damon Martin reports... Eric Spicely has been released from the UFC after dropping out of a fight due to a botched weight cut. Now, I wanted to put some lip service to bed here, which is we talk about mental health so much as an issue in the UFC. When you have a fighter who says, I have to take antidepressants because of injuries that I sustained in there, and then you fire them during a pandemic, Because they are unable to make the weight for an agreed upon fight. We are getting into circle red dot on health issues potentially becoming worse. So when we really want these fights, they do so with a huge risk. So when I hear people talk about mental health and they 
and this is part of the reason it gets brought up. They went in on this guy when he was very transparent and saying, hey, listen, I have mental health issues. I have health issues. I have issues in general as a result of all of this. And yet people were giving him shit in the comment section because MMA fight fans gonna MMA fight fans sometimes. Well, they're not fighting, so it's a lot easier to comment, Raph. Absolutely. And then from the UFC's perspective, to cut him over the weekend when he was trying to fight on a quick, you know, I would assume, especially with pandemic, on a turnaround that has a high risk to it. So to me, this is one of the more fucked up situations that I have seen throughout the UFC. And while I'm sure there's always what you say and what is potentially not true, could be two different things or, or whatever you want to say about this situation on paper reads terribly. And I really hope they press on this, but I can see them making a hard line of, well, he didn't make the weight. So tough shit, but that's well, a lot to put on people. Raph, you know, it's about professionalism. You gotta, you gotta bring that element <laughs> Absolutely. every time And the UFC. God bless them. We're on a scorched earth campaign tonight. Um, typically tends to favor capitalism over fighter health. And to their credit, they're very vocal about that. And this is just another reinforcement. So hopefully people are just paying attention. It's like you cannot say, no, I'm not comfortable with this. You will be ostracized. So as it happens, when – and this – I don't know if this has been happening in the NFL. I don't know if it's been happening in the NBA or the MLB because I can't speak to the internal peer pressure that fighters or athletes put on each other. So far, it doesn't appear in other sports like there's that much peer pressure. Oh, you won't fight. You won't come back to the NBA. F you. I do think the UFC made one small mistake as they returned with such hootspot and glory. It does feel like they are penalizing fighters that don't participate the way they want them to. And that's not fair. That's my that's my only issue with the way the UFC's return. From the island to every one of these bookings, it's like, oh, well, they're being a uh, fucking asshole about, you know, signing the paperwork. Are they ready to sign their lives away for just a simple fight? And, you know, it's hard to get them to there. That's where I'm I'm waiting for a little bit more tact out of how the UFC and ESPN are handling these signings. Ooh, one more thing, and then we'll actually get to talking about some of these fights, because I'm pretty sure some of you are like, good lord, am I listening to a murder crime program where they don't talk about the murder crime until the 40-minute mark? Maybe. We're going to find out who did this. Just will. wait for it. It's coming up. Also, HelloFresh is a sponsor. No, they're not a real sponsor. <laughs> Don't forget to get your pair of ninja linings for your new self-made boat at a place called Interior Silver Lining. No, just go to nogibjjgear.com and help us out with a little verbal tap 15. Raph, what yes. are your thoughts? Are you enjoying the fights, the product? Because you have been watching them more than anyone else. You watched this weekend. You and I were talking about Derek Brunson coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. But the UFC has been having so many damn fights. Brunson versus Shabazian. Are these fights good? Give us a little report on the weekend. There is a mix of it. But before I get to the fights, here's the big thing, Kev. This is one that I sent to you because this isn't fight analysis yet. But it is important that we get there. This is Tim Elliott saying, I have been fighting in the UFC since 2012. Never had any issues with drugs or anything else for that matter. Not being able to work for nine months won't be easy for my family. Hopefully the NAC will give me a chance to defend myself, given my track record and the fact that I took a fight on short notice. So, Kev, do you remember what Tim Elliott got um, cracked down for? Yes. He, like many of the members of the United States, was cracked for a small pot plant positive essentially he smokes some pot maybe i mean i don't know because that's the difficulty it's like you can get these with poppy seeds you can get these mm -hmm. with some cbd it's not like wildly efficient because the government is still in denial that weed is not um what were you did you take dare raf were you a dare kid did you go to that program <laughs> uh well yes i was 
around in the era when we did dare cool well they thought they confused weed with um acid cocaine hybrids <laughs> they essentially what they think they described methamphetamines but they were calling it weed this is one of those situations where two fighters test positive for weed it's un, it's unclear and you and i have talked about this quite a bit mm. weed is not a steroid weed does not make you better at things except eating cereal we, weed mostly does not help enhance your athleticism. Is that what this is again? He got he. How bad is the docking that he's still trying to beg for fights for a little weed pop? I don't know, man. It just sucks, especially for him when you really think about that and you say, "Why is this still a thing?" Nate Diaz. Why puffed a CBD vape pen? And I loved it. I'm on the record. I couldn't agree with it more. It's it's a non. It is a non-drug ability to calm some pain. So if that's what Nate Diaz wants to do, I mean, good for him. He's the vegetarian that can compete in triathlons. I'm the guy that's like, oh, Papa John's has a pepperoni deal. It's unbelievable to me. We're not we're not paying attention to some of this right now. The fighters. I didn't even know they tested for weed rap. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. I. John Jones has passed the weed test? I'm baffled. And now I don't even know where to go. What's up? He failed cocaine, but he passed weed? I really have to tell you, I thought the first drug we would have found out was in John Jones' system was a joint. You know, we'd all be much better off if that was all it was. Including the pregnant driving population of new mexico should we get to some fights this weekend yeah i'm already i'm i'm there so let me tell you quick summary of what we saw over the weekend there's some good stuff yes first huge props to our good friend vince cachero taking a fight on 48 hours notice now granted his opponent was real solid jamal emmers was putting it on him with a significant reach advantage Vince was going up a weight class to fight this one at 145 and was doing his damnedest to find some angles. But Vince was able to trudge through, made it all three rounds. And especially when you consider that 48-hour notice, he's got a chin on him. And I have always had the utmost respect for his work ethic. But I thought that was a pretty great thing. I hope the UFC continues to bring him back so that he can do his thing. Kev... What if I were to tell you groin strikes were all the rage on Saturday? I'd be willing to listen to it because I couldn't sleep last night. And around 5 a.m. I I ventured downstairs and watched the Tyson documentary. And now I'm open to everything because I have a whole different perspective. I think he should have bit Holyfield. You know that shit happened on my birthday, right? So you know whenever (laughs) they do... The ESPN remembers this day sort of a thing. I do wake up to go and, oh, it was blank years ago that Mike Tyson bit an ear off. And I go, yep, must be my birthday. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. That didn't mess up my birthday when everybody wanted to sing happy birthday. But instead, all of my friends and family who were watching that one were just in a bummed off mood because they paid too much money for a fight. And thus began my uneasy relationship with pay-per-view boxing. For another time, though. Let's continue on. June. I'm going to tell you this. Anything can happen. (laughs) That's fair, though. (laughs) So, yeah. um, If you had a dick, it probably got kicked. That was essentially what it was over the weekend. It was an America's Funniest Home video episode of the UFC over the weekend. To the point where one person was deducted a point due to repeated groin strikes. And that, Kev, ended up being uh, a hilarious thing to see. Because after the third kick to the groin, they go, all right, now I got to take one from you. You know that. There's nothing I can do here. In the other aspects, we saw Jonathan Martinez get a win over TKO with knees and punches, which were brutal, over Frankie Sanez, and then Bobby Green over Lando Venata. Vincente Loque with another knee and punches strikes, which, yikes. 
And then in some surprising news, Jennifer Maya getting another armbar from closed guard. Y'all are starting to make me believe this is a real thing and not just some sort of warm up we do. I still feel it's a fake move because you can never convince me when we do those arm bars from guard that I, Rafa Sparza, will ever get one. You and I are, it's weird. We've never talked about this. You and I have no. never talked about our mentality for triangle warmups, but I feel, I feel the exact same way. I'm always like, that's not going to catch anybody, but I'll go through the motions if it makes everybody feel better in warmups. I always do the heaviest of size whenever they go, all right, guys. 50 arm bars from guard. Un, and they go, dos, three. <laughs> and you're like, Ugh. how many times do I get my hips off these mats? Does anyone know? Is there a spring somewhere? Fuck. Oh, good thing you asked me about Joanne Calderwood, who was the person who got caught by Jennifer in this, who, by the way, has punched a ticket to a title shot. Apparently, we will see if that is true. But Joanne Calderwood, after the fight, guess what, Kev? What? Ask me if she fainted. Are you shitting me? Somebody else Yay! fainted? Yay! More fainting! Yep, she really? fainted. They took her to the hospital. These fights Lots were in Vegas. Fainted. This fight wasn't in Aspen. Well, I don't... here's why. Um, if I could make a guess, the main card started at 6 p.m. It is fucking hot <laughs> in Vegas. So if you have fighters who are fainting, I think without knowing too much, yeah, COVID could be an, a likely player here. But not helping things is the giant sun from Super Mario 3 following everybody the minute they step out of what I would hope mm -hmm. is some version of air conditioning in the Apex Arena. Which... I mean, pending if you're NBA versus baseball, can definitely have tangible differences. Um, can I ask you, are, are we still on Fight Island? Does anybody know? No, this one's back to UFC Apex. So this is all in Vegas. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I already said this one. This one's, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so are we going back to Fight Island? Like, we're here That's now, what right? I was answering. You know what's funny? You asked a question, and I was going to answer the one I wanted anyway. So I'm a true <laughs> politician here. I heard you ask about Fight Island, and I was like, that's great. I'm just going to talk about the fact that I don't believe they deconstructed it because they want to have it as a backup plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking about Khabib and one Justin Gagey, if that's a likely location where they try to have it, um, especially considering that they're probably looking at people – not being able to travel in some regards, Certain but top tier we'll countries see. that think they're impenetrable <laughs> to science and data. Hey, you know what? Travel ban me once. Shame on me. Travel ban me twice. Shame on you. Yep. Khabib. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing here. I would tell you that the main fight between Derek Brunson, who looked very sharp and prospect Edmund Shabazian, who, by all accounts, I mean, he's fought out here this way and he's people have been high on him and I've seen him fight and he's definitely the real deal out here. But against Derek Brunson, he got pieced up to the point where they could have stopped that fight uh, a few times. They let it go on and bless him. He must done just enough to stay in it. But man, I was not feeling great about him being knocked around. Like it was nothing, man. So uh, props to Derek Brunson, who made a very nice and compelling argument as to, hey, guys, UFC, stop building up people who are a hype train because, you know, it kind of ignores the rest of us. And that's why I kind of have to do these amazing things in the post presser. So that was the fight night. Um, it was fairly entertaining. I do have some news for people. This is kind of breaking news for us, at least. We just finished watching the Dana White's Who Wants to Be a Fight Millionaire? No millions attached. And I'm happy to report that friend of the Grappling Hour, Jordan Levitt, has been given a contract for the UFC. So big congratulations to him. I just interviewed him last week on the Grappling Hour, and I think there is a bright future ahead of him. He is Las Vegas' own. If you guys haven't seen the interview, get to know him. Because he was able to secure, if I remember correctly, a head and arm triangle to win. Choke of the podcast.
Mm-hmm. And then, oh, here's what I should also bring up. Kev, I think you might have seen the the spit heard round the world. But hmm. over the weekend, when Bobby Green defeated Lando Venata, he had water in mouth and spit it out when he was announced the winner, almost as if he was Triple H. Ugh. I mean, I get it. It's fun to do an homage, but with spit takes, I will throw up. It's me. I'm not. I'm not saying it's other people's problem. I don't do well in that scenario. That's is that also just based on COVID, or is that just in the, general? Way before, way before. Oh. I remember uh, beer pong games. Someone was like, "Oh, well, we'll spit in the cup." It was like gross. <laughs> don't even talk about it. That makes me want to vomit. It's <laughs> all I could think of was I said. Well, good for Bobby Green. He's well, oh, read the room, bro. Oh. No. It's like and look, you we're in a pandemic. You can no, only no, no, do no. this if you have like a giant water balloon of Purell. You're gonna throw at someone. But that's the whole thing. We have people in comment sections saying they've already been tested. What's the harm here? And you know what? The harm still gross. More importantly, these photographers that are in there that have to take that shot. Props. I think it was. Uh, one Esther Lynn who still got that photo. I could be wrong. I thought it was her, but if she's getting that photo and she's doing that, she is basically now our version of somebody you need to go up and say, thank you for your service. Because even at testing, if that man is spitting out a Corona Pilata, I just blah, gross, so gross. And I would just implore the fighters who have the ability to maybe use their better sense not to spit take because it doesn't do anything to add to the program and rent. I'll do my best. <laughs> it's difficult out here. Raph, fighting, they have, I mean, we have Derek Lewis versus Olenek next week. The UFC seems just hell-bent on keeping these events going, and I, I'm i in some ways in and in some ways, as you're aware, quite out because they really take hours. They are mm-hmm. genuinely the, the shark week of fights. It just takes them really forever to get through a single boat ride. Are we... Are we where we're at? Is our thing still maintaining? I mean, do you feel like, and this is just me asking you kind of a pulse question, do you mm-hmm. feel like grappling's still here? Do you feel like MMA is still here? Or do you feel like there is a little dwindling spirit behind some of that? MMA for sure is still here because we see it, and all things considered, we're not baseball. So as long <laughs> as we are pulling ahead of them in that respect, not hard we're not as – well, we're not as cool as the NBA in terms of having a bubble, but, you know, all things considered, if Dana wants to say we were first, we were first. So there is that. But, you know, man, it's uh, it's hard to watch uh, on the grappling side because there's only a couple events kind of propping us up. And what I'm finding is, as I'm doing the grappling hour interviews, is trying to balance asking people about their training during the pandemic with also trying not to be such a buzzkill about that for people who may not be training because athletes operate on a different level than the rest of us. So they get the ability to go train because they can call it their profession. Whereas a number of people who have situations where they don't want to compromise loved ones totally understand not be training themselves so i really have tried to keep that in perspective as we are going and doing more fun interviews and, and talking with people about it but i think grappling is alive the bigger issue is grappling in a professional sense is a different thing than grappling at a smaller level so our biggest concern is always your local gyms how are they staying afloat who can you go support? Who can you give, you know, maybe buy some merch or, you know, support by sharing their their page? And I got to tell you this right now. I'm so stoked because 
I just got a uh, online subscription to JT Torres's website, and I am so stoked about that one because I've been putting that one off for years, and I finally pulled the trigger on it. And I'm gonna basically in the Q and A section ask him, "Hey JT, anonymous, um, what if you're a mid-sized popular?" grappling host who is not fast not really athletic is jiu-jitsu still for me p.s this isn't ref my name's ryan ford and i suck really bad please help me i gotta start using josh ledoux's name way more often mm-hmm. you're you're a genius i mm-hmm. think that's the interesting question right what can we add where are we at? Where? What types of services? And your your interview with JT Torres is fantastic, and I really Thank encourage you. people to go listen if you're trying to understand and raise your empathy. That's kind of my, I I yeah. just felt a little bit more. Got I I definitely get what Gary Tonin and Gordon's points were. I think they got mm-hmm. lost in some incendiary rhetoric. I did not feel that way with JT Torres. I felt like the rhetoric matched exactly. What he was going through. Um, so props to you two. But people need to go listen to that on the Grappling Hour. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it with, I believe, JT as well, which is I really feel he was trying to do the right thing. And I feel like he had somebody call in and report his gym despite his ability to try and adhere to many of the guidelines that people were passing down. And I thought it was in direct difference to so many other gyms who were just opening and saying, fuck it. And here you had a guy who was trying to be positive and had an unfortunate setback. But as JT very, very um, eloquently said, you know, he felt like he's in a match and he's down some points and he's not going to give up. He'll just find a way to work through it. So I feel like that's somebody who, from my perspective, I want to hear more from the hard part about having the negative or the angry take on what's going on is at a certain point, you're going to create so much anger within you. You're going to have no outlet, especially if you don't have jujitsu to, to train. So I understand if people need to mute whoever they need to mute on their social media, it will probably be way more beneficial. I just propose that we revisit those people in six months and see if they're okay again and they might not be okay. So that that's pretty much um, a little bit of the methodology behind how we've been doing some of these interviews, but yes, definitely go check that out. And I don't want to give too much away, but you guys are family and uh, it does seem like there may be a special project in the future that may be doing uh, a little bit more talking about those very things. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. We have Lewis versus Olenek. You definitely need to go back and hear our thoughts about Marcus Buchecha joining mm-hmm. the Elite 1FC. Before that, we talked to Isaiah Wright. You can hear all of the interviews Raf is doing at Grappling Hour, and you should be listening to it. From MMA to grappling, it's just really good coverage. Raf, I think that's it for tonight. Do we have anything else we should shout out before I, um, I close us out erroneously, which I've been known to do? Well, I don't even know that it's erroneously as it is uh, just uh, one more consideration sort of a deal. But I've got two small little news items that I think are somewhat of note. Yes, Joanne Calderwood tended to be okay. She sent out a note thanking her fans, which great. Robert Whitaker will meet Jared Kanier or Kinnear, whatever you want to call him. Great. We should maybe mention uh, before we call this close that there was an amazing clip of a person, a fighter, who got a rear naked choke, gets the tap, and then refuses to let go, and for fuck's sake, decides to go ahead and push referee Mark Goddard. Which, not my favorite thing in the world, but even more hilarious on that one is Dana White kind of conflating that with Dan Hardy getting in the face of Herb Dean after that weird call about a week ago. And Dana has now turned into a hard line of, if you, if you do anything, I will fucking fire you on the spot. And they go, well, Dana, have you spoken to Dan Hardy since this? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about it right now. So 
that shows you where the cue ball is on it. And in some degree, it's like, who's Dan? Wait, no, I know that one. (laughs) To some degree, I'm happy that the referees are going to be protected because I don't want dumb people pushing a referee, say, after they hold a move too long. I think that is both super dumb to do from a fighter's perspective and super dumb to do from a fighter who just won perspective. But the second part is conflating that with Dan Hardy having some words with Herb Dean, which I could understand maybe as a policy. Now you have it. So good. You have something in written word that says, don't do this. I just tend to wonder if Hardy did get into his face if that just would have been normal protocol for the UFC to sweep under the rug. I'm just saying it's not like they would ever do that. Right. So I get everybody duck. Connor McGregor McGregor just threw a dolly (laughs) at us, (laughs) but don't worry. Dan Hardy had a very aggressive understanding with somebody, uh, while exiting uh, a cage. It's like telling someone you can't have a spirited yell outside of the workplace or even inside of it, I guess. But I don't know. To me, I just said, like, listen, I get it. If you don't want that unprofessionalism, fine. If you're going to do it to protect the referees, all for it. But somebody should speak to these people because I'm by and large. I like Herb Dean and I think he's good on his calls for the most part. But every once in a while when someone fucks up and we pretend like they didn't, I think that's where the problems start to arise. And as I would say, Dan Hardy did present to a certain degree. Well, is if they make a mistake, sometimes people get hurt and can seriously die. So just a a little con pro sort of thing to end that. And I think Kev, that'll do it for us. But there's going to be 10 more weeks of Dana White's Who Wants to Be a Fight Millionaire. And more importantly, over the weekend, we are going to do another uh, fight companion for the fights over the weekend. My good friend Brady, who, by the way, I don't even know if I told you this. Brady is going to be on next week's Fight Contender series. And I had to find out while we were doing one of the fight companions on air. So I found that out when they put his name up there. And I sent him a message and I go, hey, dude, that's fucking amazing. And he goes, what's amazing? I go, you're going to be on the Dana White Contender Series. What the fuck do you mean, what's amazing? And he goes, oh, yeah, I am. I I guess the cat's out of the bag now. I was like, yes, it's on my TV. That's you. Raph, That's maybe you. he was expecting you to say, what is you're on the TV? Did he, maybe it was a Jeopardy <laughs> thing? Yeah, maybe. But I just appreciated the fact that he was trying to play all dumb about it. And I go, I don't know what thing you've signed. But fuck off. They've already announced it, so you can talk about it now. And good, I guess he just didn't see the announcement. Yep, good luck playing dumb. Raph's been working with a partner who's been actively quite dumb about many I, I, things for a long time, so he's on his toes. I well, I mean, I'm in. Which, it's kind of one of those, like, just keep pumping these out. And yeah, don't let the UFC's success fool you from a fight fan perspective, everyone, because... Hopefully what you're hearing from Raph is that it's still tough out there for grapplers. It's still tough out there for for those that don't have this ESPN, even Bellator 1FC money, which I, I don't know how strong those models are. So it's just uh, I want everybody to have like their their. Oh, let's there was this beautiful thing in the first few months of covid where everybody was mm-hmm. polite to each other again. Don't forget about that as we move yeah. into fighting, because for every Conor McGregor and Mike Perry punch an elderly person. There's also a story about a fighter that's five and zero and is struggling to get back on the cage. So, yep. Do it for us. Oh, is that what you were setting me up for? Well, kind of. The last thing I wanted to make mention of. Oh my god, you're really making a meal out of this. You know what? You let me know. We want to resell encyclopedias. What's going on? Our apologies to our fans. No, I, this is just me. No, 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 no. This is this is the this is the bit. So go with it. Our apology to our fans because you know this from the number, but this is episode four twenty. Now, 420. this should be something that is highly celebrated 
from one of us on the show. And it's not always who you think it is because a lot of people are still, for whatever reason, super surprised when I tell them I've never smoked in my life. Not super, not like, just how? super surprised. I like the surprise people. It's the angry people that yeah. kind of kick me up because like, all of a sudden you're – it feels like you're being questioned by a lawyer. It's like, what, what do you mean you've never smoked weed? <laughs> well, the other issue is I go, how can you not tell it's Kevin comparatively? Like, <laughs> what? Like, I know that. He knows that. Everybody else who's been listening to us knows that. And when they go, yeah, I just didn't picture you not. I was like, all right, well, do your thing. Anyway, this is episode 420. And in a true stoner fashion, I might have forgotten to book a 420 friendly guest on this. So unfortunately, we are letting this once in a lifetime number occasion go by the wayside. And I just wanted to say I'm sorry to you, Kevin. I think people understand I'm I'm pretty inebriated during <laughs> during the outside. So I appreciate your apology, but I hadn't noticed, which is how you really celebrate a 420 episode. You just <laughs> Plow ahead and do you and hope for the best, Raph. Uh, so, frankly, from – and you and I have, have always talked about uh, the hilariousness of weed. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. think either of us are like, oh, you got to legalize it or we're moving. But simultaneously, it's like, is that really worth governing on? It's a 420 episode. I live in Denver. You live in Sinville, USA, Cali. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, we both have access to these these extracurriculars and one of us really participates and the other doesn't at all, which is great because that's how it's supposed to work in this system. So stop being brainwashed by people that don't know what they're talking about. It's kind of the uh, the ending because you can do jujitsu and smoke weed. You're, you're not going to be great. I just want to be clear. You're not, it's not tournament capable. At least I'm not. But uh, I think people are. Yeah. So anyway, kids, if you were looking for a 420 episode, there is our mention. We did it. And that's a bonus to those of you who stick it out all the way to the end. See, I wanted to make so. this just 421 and we'll revisit. When we oh, my God. <laughs> when we this out. Yeah, we, you know what? Delete this part. <laughs> Done. <it>. No, <laughs> I won't delete it. But when people say 421, they're like, now I'm in the know. Those motherfuckers are G's. <laughs> they were legit about what they meant. This has been Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. And smoke weed every day. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...